Lecture topic: Concern for our children. Alhamdulillah. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi rahman rahim وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَاعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ رَبَّنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا مُسْلِمَيْنِ لَكَ وَمِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً لَكَ وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كل مولود يولد على الفطرة إلى آخر الحديث أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most suspected mothers and sisters The ayat of the Quran Sharif which was recited Allah Ta'ala mentions about Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and Ismail and the occasion of the building of the Kaaba Sharif so when they were involved in this very very great Amal and this extremely great noble deed of constructing the Baytullah and that too the Kaaba Sharif itself every house of Allah Ta'ala every masjid is the house of Allah Ta'ala and deserves great amount of reverence, honor and respect but above all is the Baytullah and the Kaaba Sharif and they were engaged in the construction of the Kaaba Sharif can we imagine what an auspicious Amal this was and every mu'min yearns to go to the Kaaba Sharif and in particular at that place to have the opportunity to make dua and to beg Allah Ta'ala because of how great the place is, how great the masjid is, how great Baytullah is and how great the dua of that place would be then so this is the yearning of every person now can we imagine these personalities who were not just present present at the Kaaba Sharif, they were actually involved in the very construction of the Kaaba Sharif so what great effect would be in their dua at that occasion we look forward to that occasion of being present there to make dua they were actually busy erecting the Kaaba Sharif and on that occasion they made dua and that dua is such a dua that Allah Ta'ala preserved that dua for us in the Quran Sharif so that we may learn as well that on such an auspicious occasion, such a great occasion what was the dua these people made, these great personalities made and what is the lesson for us in it in terms of where our focus should be where our priority should be so Allah Ta'ala says وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَعِيلِ that remember the time when Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam built the Kaaba Sharif so they made dua now they completed such a great amal and the dua they made رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ they made dua for acceptance. Ya Allah, you accept it. Rabbana taqabbal minna. Taqabbal in Arabic, the very formation of the word gives meanings. 
meaning one is qata'a uh, qata'a means to cut the same word qata'a but put a tajdeed on the ta qata'a so now qata'a was to cut when it went into a little different format little different scale qata'a now means to cut into pieces now just a little change it brings such a difference to the meaning also so likewise taqabbal has a one is we just translated as accept but taqabbal has a very specific meaning when somebody is presenting something and they don't deem it to be worthy of acceptance that this is not something that is worthy of presenting also but because they are presenting it to a very very noble being very uh, somebody who has great sakhawat and generosity great compassion great kindness somebody who is very overlooking now here the address is to Allah Ta'ala himself so now they are presenting this amal of theirs though they mashallah were anbiya salam so everything they did was at the peak of ikhlas at the peak of all the sifat and attributes that a mu'min should have they were at the height of it and had been granted perfection in all the qualities but despite their perfection in all this they are presenting this in this manner Rabbana taqabbal minna Ya Allah our effort is not worthy of presenting but Ya Allah you are most forgiving you are most overlooking you are most kind you are most generous and we are therefore begging you for acceptance of what we don't deem to be worthy of acceptance now this is the lesson that they are teaching us of how much of concern we should have for our amal as well not to be so sure and guaranteed that I did everything fine everything is perfect this is 100% it's not 100% at least it's an A anything over 80% too, we put our A symbol for it but here they are so concerned Ya Allah you accept it purely out of your grace not that it's worthy of acceptance you accept it but so Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim you are all hearing all knowing so you are listening and hearing now there's two specific aspects attributes of Allah Ta'ala mentioned here whereas Allah Ta'ala has so many attributes we are familiar with the 99 attributes but apart from this there are others as well these 99 are mentioned in one particular hadith sharif so here on this occasion two things only in particular Sami and Alim Allah you are all hearing about what we claim but you are also all knowing what's in our hearts so verbally we might say I did it for Allah Ta'ala and this is only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala but Allah you also know what's in our hearts whether we did it for you or we did it for anybody else this is all known to you we can't hide our hearts from you we can say something which others might get deceived with but what's in our hearts we cannot uh, try to hide that from you you are fully aware of that so this is the first part and the first lesson in all this that the total ikhlas and sincerity is what is required in every amal now this is an obvious aspect in any any ibadat anything that we do in terms of ibadat must be for Allah Ta'ala alone but in this is the the extended part of this is that even in our day to day matters Allah Ta'ala is aware what is being done for him now sometimes we are saying something to somebody and saying it to the person that no no you know what I 
I'm really very happy that you came. But meanwhile in the heart we're probably feeling something else. So now what we are pretending about, that person will might get carried away with it. But Allah Ta'ala knows what's in the depths of our hearts. Likewise sometimes we might be saying something which might be sounding like we're praising somebody. But be in the niyat we have is something sarcastic, something that we now in a way making some kind of mockery of somebody. Allah is aware of it. Allah Ta'ala knows what we are doing. So Sami'un Alim, these two aspects. We say something verbally, but in our heart is something else. What is verbal, people might hear that and maybe get carried away. But Allah Ta'ala is aware of what's in the hearts. But nevertheless, what we wish to go on with is the next dua that they made. They made dua, Rabbana waj'alna muslimaini lak. Ya Allah, you make us totally subservient to you. Now these are great Ambiya of Allah wa Ta'ala. Ibrahim is from the very selected Ambiya as well. Ulul Azmi min al-Rusul. And he is now making dua, Ya Allah, you make us subservient to you. As we mentioned right at the beginning, this was a very, very, very special occasion. Duas we generally make, Alhamdulillah, and we should be making dua, we should be making dua daily. Dua is not just something for any specific time only that when we have some problem then we make dua. Dua should be a part of our daily tartib. There should be some dedicated time for dua. And dua for everything. Dua for all our worldly needs as well. And more importantly for our daily needs. Dua for our heart becoming connected to Allah Ta'ala. Dua for our heart getting cleansed out of all the razail the base qualities, for becoming adorned with all the fadail, the noble and beautiful qualities, all this is part of dua, and we should be making this kind of dua daily, dunya, for our dunya as well, and more important than that, our deen and akhirat. So, dua should be made on all occasions, all the time, but then there are special occasions, and alhamdulillah, those who have little bit of understanding of this, they will take advantage of these special occasions. That apart from the dua on that specific time slot that has been dedicated for dua, whether it's tahajjud time or some other time of the day, but any other special moment of acceptance of dua, then that is a time to take advantage of. Dua bain al-azanain. Dua between the azan and the iqama. Now that's the time. So now after the azan has been given, there's normally besides maghrib salah, there's 15 minutes. So we can take advantage of that time in our own homes as well that at least for few minutes, one minute, two minutes, five minutes, we dedicate some time for dua at that time, or that's a special occasion of dua. Likewise, if it comes the, month, the day of Jumu'ah, before the Maghrib, Salah time, before sunset time, that's a very special time of dua. The entire time between Asr and Maghrib is very auspicious. Then likewise comes some certain special occasions in the year, we call them big nights, auspicious nights. So, mashallah, people engage in dua. Then come the month of Ramadan, at the time of Sehri, at the time of Iftar, at the, on the odd nights, etc. These are all special occasions, the whole of Ramadan. So we do take the advantage of this Mubarak moments to make dua. So can we imagine how much of special importance these great Anbiya would have given to this occasion, when they have been blessed with the tawfiq by Allah wa ta'ala, to construct the Kaaba Sharif. And who can understand the auspiciousness of this occasion 
and of this Baytullah more than the Anbiya we can't understand it even to a fraction of their understanding we can't come anywhere close to one speck of dust of where they were so in any case they understood this and on this occasion they made dua and what dua they made Rabbana waj'alna muslimaini lak Ya Allah make us subservient to you now this is such a great dua and the importance of this dua can be understood from the occasion when it was made and Allah Ta'ala preserved this dua for us in the Quran Sharif now this is a dua we need to make for ourselves as well for our progenies and families Rabbana waj'alna muslimaini lak Ya Allah make us subservient to you fully submissive to you our hearts submissive to you our actions completely in submission to you our eyes submission to you our ears, our tongue, our hands, our feet, our heart everything Ya Allah completely having submitted to you our eyes don't look at anything that you are not pleased with because the eyes have submitted to you a person gets married so now they have submitted themselves in terms of that nikah to the spouse so now they don't look around at others because they have in that regard now submitted themselves in any case to look at some non-mahram is not permissible but this is now a more specific situation now a person has taken the step forward and got married made nikah so now they are committed to that so they are not looking around anywhere else now if suddenly one spouse sees the other looking somewhere else that becomes a major problem and indeed it's a problem so why it became such a problem that where is your commitment what are you up to and what you are supposed to be doing and what are you doing now can we imagine that we become and rightly so rightly so become very upset if we ever have to detect something like this from the spouse so can we imagine Allah Ta'ala is our creator is our sustainer is our nourisher and Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with everything and continuously blesses us with countless favors and we have committed ourselves to Allah Ta'ala by saying La ilaha illallah and then we still our eyes are not submitted to Allah Ta'ala our eyes are looking at some other things our ears are not submitted to Allah Ta'ala it's listening to other things our tongue is not submitted to Allah Ta'ala it's speaking ribat, lies backbiting, something hurtful something that's humiliating somebody, hurting somebody so now where is the submission of the tongue our hands, our fingers are pressing buttons that are taking us where not so where is the commitment and where is the submission of the fingers to Allah Ta'ala our hands and feet which direction those feet are walking in is it in submission to Allah Ta'ala so now this is that lesson that they are giving us and the lesson that we need to take to heart the dua that we need to make Ya Allah you make us those who submit to you entirely Islam, Islam is all about submission and submission means handing oneself over not like 50-50 okay little bit for me little bit for you no total submission Ya Allah whatever your command that is what I am ready for in terms of my heart Ya Allah it will be submitted to you alone in terms of my ibadat Ya Allah ibadat for you alone my muamalat and dealings Ya Allah how you are pleased with it my muasharat and social life Ya Allah whatever your Nabi Salaam has taught us which is most pleasing to you that is how we are going to now live our lives Ya Allah akhlaq I am going to make it in a way that you are happy with so now this is that submission in every aspect of life so they made dua for their own submission رَبَّنَا وَجْعَلْنَا مُسْتِمَيْنِ لَكَ 
وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً لَكَ And then they made dua for their progeny. Ya Allah, from our progeny, our children, and then grandchildren, and the progeny to come, Ya Allah, you make them all completely subservient to you. Completely those who submit themselves entirely to you. Now this dua for one's offspring, one's children, one's generations to come, now this is a dua they made on this very, very special occasion. And this is a lesson for us, that this dua is not only for this occasion, but they highlighted something for us here. That they chose this occasion to make the most important duas. If a person has become submissive to Allah Ta'ala in entirety, then the whole of deen came away in there. Practicing on the whole of deen comes away. And then what next does a person want? He wants that his children, his generations to come, remain firm on Iman, remain committed to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, they don't wander around, they don't waver, they don't become uh, people who get caught up in the traps of nafs and shaitan. So now all that is still to come in terms of as the child grows up, what the child may, may learn or not. But even before somebody comes into this dunya already, this dua is to be made. And for, those, for that offspring to come, for those generations to come, they haven't yet seen the light of day, they haven't even come anywhere in the equation, but for that generation to come, for those offspring to come till Qiyamah, the dua should commence from now. That Ya Allah, you make my progeny also, those who will submit themselves entirely to you, who will stay on Iman, who will remain steadfast on Deen, that is the greatest blessing that a person can have, and the greatest joy he can have, that his children, grandchildren, his offspring to come, they remain firm on deen. There's a very lengthy incident, but just to, on the crux, the crux of it, one Tabi'i Abu Qilaba, he, the person who narrates the entire incident, he, in any case he says that he was on this outpost guarding in that era and time, he was posted in one very remote place, and he saw it one day while just patrolling in the distance one tent, and he comes closer to this tent, and he hears one person, he is reading something, and what he is reading was, the person himself, his both hands were cut, perhaps in jihad or something, both hands were cut, both legs were cut, his body was ridden with illness and disease, and he is lying there, and he is blind, and, but his tongue is moving, and he is saying something, and what he's saying is, he's making shukr to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you grant me the tawfiq. Rabbi awzi'ni and ashkur. Ya Allah, you grant me the tawfiq of being grateful to you. So this person overheard it. And he got a shock of his life. Subhanallah, what is this person saying? He came closer, made salam. This person is blind in this condition. And he asked him that, what were you saying? So he says, I was making dua to Allah Ta'ala to grant me tawfiq to express his gratitude and shukr. So the person said, but what shukr are you going to make? You've got no hands, no legs, your body is filled with illness and disease, you are blind, what shukr are you making? He replied and said, if my tongue was also not moving, could I have been engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala? Is this alone not such a great na'mat and bounty of Allah Ta'ala that is beyond everything else? Subhanallah, the focus on shukr. In any case, he said, okay, can 
uh, he asked him, the person who the visitor now, the person lying there asked him, will you do me a favor? He said, if I can't do you a favor, who will ever do a favor? He said, please, my son used to be with me and he used to help me to make my wudu and perform salah. He used to help me to eat. Now, from one day now he's missing. I don't know what happened. He's not around. Now he's lying. He's lying in this condition. He can't go and find him. So he says, please see what has happened. This person goes now to look for him. Now in this desert, he gets past some place and on sand dune and behind the dune he suddenly gets a shock. He sees bones lying there. So he realized immediately that this child, this young boy, he was attacked by some wild animal and that animal devoured him. And now he's wondering how does he break the news to this person. He came back and he started asking him some questions. He asked him that what do you know about Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam. said he was a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And what did Allah Ta'ala say about him? Allah Ta'ala said he was a very grateful servant. When Allah Ta'ala tested him and his family and his wealth and everything was lost. How he... So he started asking one question after the other about Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam. And he says he was very very patient and he made a lot of sabr. Then he got, he said, but get to the point. Why are you asking me all these questions? Where you are taking me to? So now he says to him that what do I tell you? Your son has passed away. Now this was his support outwardly and helping him in, in this condition. And now this news is being broken to him that this support of yours outwardly is gone. Now what comes out of his tongue in this crucial moment? What is his own halat and condition? And now what news he's been given? Subhanallah, it's something that we can never fathom and never imagine. It's only the person who goes through something like this will know what goes through his heart. But in that condition also, what came immediately on his tongue was that Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala did not make anyone from my progeny such that he disobeyed Allah Ta'ala. Now this was what he immediately said, shukr upon this na'mat. That Allah Ta'ala granted his son piety and he lived on piety and now he's passed away, that piety has been sealed, he has been saved from whatever trials and tests of dunya. Inshallah there's hope from Allah Ta'ala that he'll pass in the akhirat now. He, he immediately expressed shukr on this, of this piety of his son. And then he himself after a short while, he breathed his last. But the point again coming to what is, that this was the greatest aspect of shukr for him and joy for him that this child was in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Now Ibrahim and Ismail in this dua, they are making this dua, Ya Allah you grant us progeny that are subservient to you. Now this was the dua they made and they are teaching us this lesson to make this dua, make dua for our children daily. This is not something for some occasion the child is becoming a little bit mischievous, little bit rebellious or some other difficulty and now we start making dua only. That obviously is the time to make dua as well. Allah Ta'ala, make all our children very obedient, very pious. Obedient first and foremost to Allah Ta'ala. And then within the obedience of Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, obedient to their parents as well. And, and coolness of the eyes of the parents in every regard. But when, what the first step of the parents is daily dua. One is dua in a form of reciting. So now we recite many things and we'll recite some du'as. Recite some du'as for our children also. Sometimes by the time we finished off, we don't even remember what du'a we recited. So we just go through the motion of it, we just rattle it off and done. 
No, no, no. There's several du'as, many du'as in the Quran Sharif that should become part of our daily du'a for our children and very earnestly not reciting the du'a, begging the du'a. In other words, asking from the depth of the heart, very consciously. Like a person who, who is in genuine need for something. Now that person is asking, sometimes the children teach us how to ask. Now they want something from the parent, and the parent is saying, no, not, not now. And the child starts now insisting for it, asking for it, begging for it. So now asking and begging dua from Allah Ta'ala for our children, for our progenies to come. So now there are many duas in the Quran Sharif where duas of the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam for their parents, for their, for their children and duas in a general note as well. For example, the dua which is in the Quran Sharif, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun wa ja'alna lil muttaqeena imama. Ya Allah, make from our spouses and our children qurrata a'yun. Literally translated, the coolness of our eyes. Now this is the Quran Sharif, this is Kalam of Allah Ta'ala. What can be more comprehensive? What can come and compare one iota to the comprehensiveness of the Quran Sharif? The word qurrata a'yun. Subhanallah, it encompasses everything in it. The coolness of the eyes, this is literally translated. In Arabic, this is used for expressing happiness. So now, it is commonly known that when a person cries out of happiness, then the tears that flow, when there's a cry of happiness, those tears are cold. And if it's grief, the person crying out of grief, those tears are warm. So now this is where this was extracted from in the original usage. That the tears of happiness are cold, so the coolness of the eyes. So in other words, the person doesn't cry out of happiness when there's some small little uh, something just to cheer the person up. It's really moved somebody. And the person was so touched with that happy moment that that brought about tears of joy. Now this doesn't happen every other moment. It happens on very special moments. So now that's the qurrata a'yun. Ya Allah, you make our children, the spouses and children, the coolness of our eyes. Meaning that we gain that true happiness out of them. Now often there are many, many issues between spouses also, between parents and children. And we do so many things, but we don't make dua. Illa mashallah, some make mashallah, but many don't. Many a times when there are issues and people are now complaining about things and so on. So one of the questions asked to them, do you make dua? You make dua for your spouse, you make dua for your marriage, you make dua for your children. Say, well, sometimes. But that sometimes, when a person says sometimes, then you must know that sometimes is sometimes, very, very sometimes. You say like once in a very blue moon. So now, the thing is that dua, on the one side we're complaining so many things, but how much dua do we make? And who's the control of hearts? Who's the control of every person? And we are not begging from Allah Ta'ala, we are not asking His help, but we are doing so many other things. So the starting point is to beg Allah Ta'ala's help. Allah Ta'ala will then open the way, that what's to be done, Allah will inspire what's the correct steps to take. But that dua must become dua. So now this dua, رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا Ya Allah, you make us the leader of pious people. Now, it's not the dua for leadership, but it's a dua for the pious people that will follow. Because the head of the home is the leader of the home. 
Say, Allah, you make me such a leader who himself is pious, and those who follow him are pious. Now, this is such a comprehensive dua. Then, Rabbi Habli min as These are all duas, some of them are duas of Anbiya Ali Musalat but now these are duas, and especially these are duas of the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq in the sajda of the nawafil. In the sajda of the nawafil. We should be making a habit of making dua. But the dua in salah can only be in Arabic. And the duas of the Quran and Sunnah is what to be made. But very, very deeply, consciously, knowing what we are asking. So we learn, just at least, if not the literal translation, but the general meaning of it, so we know what we are asking. One dua at a time, one dua a week, one dua every few weeks we learn with the meaning and translation. So, Ya Allah, you grant me Rabbi Habli min as-salihin. Ya Allah, you grant me pious offspring. Now, again another dua of the same aspect. Then, Rabbi Habli min ladunka zurriyatan tayyiba. Allah, you grant me progeny that is pure, that is good. Then, Rabbi Jalni muqeem as-salah. Ya Allah, you make me one who establishes salah who is one who not just gets passed with salah, establishes salah. Or min zurriyati, and Ya Allah my progeny as well. Or taqabbal dua, Ya Allah you accept this dua. Now these are some of the duas we should be making a part and parcel of our daily tartin, to be very earnestly making these duas, and especially these particular duas of the Quran Sharif, in the sajdas of our nawafil, at least once in the day, in some nafil, we are making these duas as well, again, not just reciting the dua, but begging, asking Allah Ta'ala deeply from the heart, making dua for ourselves, for our children. Now what is the other lesson we get out of this? <coughs> so one was this dua, but obviously Allah Ta'ala has made dunya darul asbab, a place of means, and we understand it very well in all other aspects. <coughs> so a person wants a job, then he makes dua also, then he goes and looks for a job, and then he, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, might find something. A person wants halal risk, he makes dua for halal risk, then he goes and makes an effort also. And he tries and do what he can to try and earn that halal risk. So likewise, one is dua for our children, but together with the dua is the dawa, meaning the tarbiyat, the upbringing, the nurturing, the guiding, this is the other very crucial part. Now this is extremely important and especially in the times that we are living in. In the times that we are living in, if previously people had to give, uh, just for the sake of an example, on the scale of 1 to 10 maybe, they had to give like 4 out of 10 amount of direct concern and attention to the tarbiyat of their children, then too they would still come out fine. If they gave 4 out of 10 direct attention and concern, then too, inshallah, they would have come out fine. So that was a zamana when things were very much more safer, clean, though that was not what was meant that they should have only given 4 out of 10. But meaning that too, 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10 too might have taken, still the child would have gone through well. Because environment was fine, something that got missed out at home was picked up, in other environments in a positive manner and things went on fairly smoothly the zamana we are in now it requires 11 out of 10 11 out of 10 attention has to be given 
to their correct nurturing tarbiyat and with that even more dua so the dua has to start off and then that 11 out of 10 attention to their nurturing and their correct tarbiyat and together with that even more dua we are living in a very very delicate zamana we are living in a time of great fitna we are living at a time when previously previously not talking about two centuries ago even maybe 25 years ago 30 years ago people wanting to get themselves involved in certain guna and sin it took them at the least couple of days of planning first maybe even weeks and then took a lot of effort and time before they even got to some place of the guna and now it doesn't take seconds it's probably less than a second sometimes they're already into it so when that has become the reality the very tragic and unfortunate reality so now how much more care has to be taken is obvious and it is therefore very very important that we give this highest priority what is going on in the environment out there what is being fed to the children what kind of direct attacks are happening on iman itself and not just for previously these attacks were happening directed towards adults now it is being directed to children and especially in the schooling environment the things that are being taught and what not is happening the aspects that affect iman itself the theory of evolution that the wording might not be that but that is what is being taught even at the preschool level sometimes in a very subtle way and in the early grades of school but there that's a building one step at a time stepping stone towards then finally one day giving them such a thing that takes them in that whole direction that is what the attempt is and Allah forbid from where to where things are going so now we need to become extremely cautious extremely careful what our children are exposed to sometimes it might sound like some very innocent games one person was uh, now looking at his son very glued to some game computer game or phone whatever and he's playing this game so he saw it one time two times he said no it's just a game but now the child now is playing it and is so engrossed in it and more and more engrossed in it and then all this time goes away in that that's another whole story but then as he decided to check it out this game takes that whoever is playing it now through stages now you win the first stage then you go to the next stage now you got to do certain things kill so many of the enemy and what not and as you get past all that then you go to the next stage so now you know the whole story becomes now how to progress from stage to stage and now in that part of that is now this killing enemy and in killing what not so now that becomes like a game to kill becomes like a game and gradually the the sensitivity of life and the and the value of life itself starts diminishing unless it's somebody very close well maybe then now it will have some kind of impact otherwise it was like you shot somebody down on the screen somebody got shot on the corner of the road somebody got knocked somewhere some 200 people died here 1000 people died there some flood came here some earthquake there fact another news item like how this on the screen now is shot after one whole group of people dead this is also like a game now this is a news item now like he just saw some score now 500 killed now another score came now in the news another 500 killed here and there the whole value of life diminishes but in any case now this person went into the game little bit 
So he sees now as you come through stage by stage, when the person now is getting to the winning stage somewhere higher up, so he gets to enter the, what is, in the game was called the temple. So now he gets to enter the temple. So now he was, now in the game now you go to enter the temple, and then the, the final prize, the final prize is you get to bow down to some whatever is there. Now what is being taught to the child? Now this was outwardly a very innocent game, but it brought him to shirk. And now what, what is getting planted in the heart and mind? Now this is just one example of many, many things that are happening out there. And many a times the ideal babysitter we find is some device. But now this is the ideal thing, now the child is getting a bit very troublesome, the child is now becoming a handful, so the ideal babysitter is some device. But what's going on? A lot of vice sometimes. Great amount of vice is the seeds of those vice are getting planted in the early years, and now the child is glued to it. With the number of cases that keep coming up about phone addiction. Now that child, he's not sleeping at night, he's dusting and diving, he's now hidden a phone away, in the morning he can't wake up, he can't do anything, the mother starts complaining, he's only falling asleep. Now they start searching, they find another phone. Now they say this is the seventh phone and the eighth phone that they took away from him. They don't know how he gets another one. Now they try to now put the real, put the clamps on him, he started getting sick. What's the problem? He can't do without the phone. He has become addicted to it. Now these are the unfortunate things that are happening out there. Now this is the message and the lesson for myself, for all of us that this is a very, very delicate zamana. The most important thing we have to start off with immediately is excessive dua. And together with the dua, the aspect of dua. So dua, as we uh, discuss the duas of the Quran Sharif, that we should be making these duas very earnestly. And together with that, the tarbiyat of our children. The talim in the home, that should never be compromised. Very, very consistently, with great regularity, the talim in the home. And we become the, the, the friends of our children. Give them time. Give them time. If we don't have time for many other extra things and so on, not a problem. But give our children time and make them friends. And they should be turning to their parents, not just out of, uh, well, because they got no choice. That must, they must turn to their parents out of choice. In other words, if they had a choice to turn to somebody else for some advice, for some guidance, let alone advice and guidance, just to spend some time, just to feel a little bit relaxed. If they had a choice, they'll turn to their parents. We have to make our children friends and make them happy in our company. They must feel happy to be in the company of their parents. They must rather choose their parents over others. So that's going to come. Sometimes we complain about how the children, what they do and how they behave. But that is the reaction of an action. Often it's an action from our side and that's the reaction from their side. This is not a, a rule as such that this is in every situation, this is how it is and this is why something is going on. But many a times this is what it is. Many a times it's a reaction to an action. The action for some us, the reaction is from them. We change our action, inshallah the reaction will change as well. So, this is what we have to now make a lot of effort on and befriend them, make them close to us, make them to be happy to be in our company. So, we are going to treat them with that kindness. If they make a mistake, we correct them with love. 
there's a time to be firm as well, there's a time to discipline children as well, but on the general note, we guide them with love. They must look forward to the company of their parents. They must look forward to the return of the father home. They must look forward to their return to their mother home. If they've gone out for the day to madrasa, etc. They must look forward to return to their parents. This must become the situation. This requires effort. It requires a lot of effort. It requires dua. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala make our children the coolness of our eyes. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala make them true assets for us in dunya and in akhirat. Allah ta'ala make them a means of sadaqah jariyah for every parent. Keep them steadfast on deen, steadfast on iman and islam till the last breath. And raise us and all of them and our progeny till qiyamah. Take us on perfect iman and raise us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتبفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله